G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars, we focus on the lesser knowns and the guys that are going to bring value to your fantasy league. As per usual, I am joined by my co-host Case. How are you, mate? Uh, a bit sad, Hef. It's a bit sad that the footy season's done and you know yeah. that uh, this silly little virus has ruined everyone's lives. But uh, <laughs> apart from that, it's uh, it's all right. We're, we're healthy. Uh, most likely thanks to this remedy can butcher, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. This uh, it's, it's actually proven to uh, boost your immune system. So yes. the reason why we probably haven't got the uh, the oh, corona, yeah. the COVID nineteen yet is because of yeah. this remedy can butcher. Yeah, yeah, we're probably going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of round one, mate? Uh, started off excited and then obviously as it grew on and we kind of knew that footy was probably not going to be coming back, I lost a little bit of excitement for it. But, uh, you know, I don't know, the Richmond-Carlton game, it was a bit topsy-turvy to start off the, start off the season really. You know, like Richmond yeah. came out super hot, Carlton fought back, but it was always going to be a little too late. But um, a few interesting things like in terms of the shortened quarters, how that affected scores and, you know, what's a good score now. And even I think some of the kinds of players who will do better with shortened quarters, I think, as opposed to your regular yeah. games too. Because the game was more direct, uh, the, the kind of mark chip kind of players weren't going to go as well and the guys are actually going to win the footy yep. and get the ball moving forward where the guys that were going to actually, um, I think, benefit from the shortened quarters as well. But, yeah, it's, it's a funny one because it's something I didn't even factor into my projections or anything like that was a shortened quarter. I just didn't even think about it. But mm-hmm. then... Yeah, when you got to uh, Thursday night, it was quite evident that the scoring was going to be very different. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting to see. But uh, I guess we can uh, always adjust for uh, different time factors and things like that. And Definitely. Work it out and see how it goes. And it was kind of cool because like 100 was like back in the old days where 100 yeah, was the yeah. pinnacle. It was like yeah. back in the 2000 and what, four or five when Chris Judd was uh, going around, like he'd usually get 100 each week and that was like the top scorer yep. type thing. So, it was kind of old school. So, it was good fun to watch it from that perspective, I think. All right, uh, I guess we will, um, we'll rewind the, the games and it's a bit sad thinking about it really. But, uh, <laughs> we'll so it. long ago now. It does. We'll do a round rewind and uh, yeah, then we'll answer a few questions at the end and then we're out, I think. Anyway, let's get stuck into the round re- rewind. All right, let's get stuck into the round rewind. We'll start off with the Thursday night game, Richmond versus Carlton at the MCG. Uh, we'll look at a few players that... Uh we're going to be more relevant to keeper leagues instead of looking mm-hmm. at the superstars. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about Patrick Cripps' uh, 95. No. We, don't, we don't care about that. We're talking about blokes like Jack Martin. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so he's probably a bit more relevant just due to uh, not playing so much footy last year. He's probably bandied around a bit, probably offered up in a few trades, mm-hmm. a few people interested, a mm-hmm. few people probably rated him way too highly and didn't want to trade him. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, he yeah. actually came through with the goods. It showed off. So, yeah, uh, 86 points here on the weekend. Mainly played at forward. So there was talk about a bit of a midfield time uh, that he might be, might be spending some bit more time in the middle. But no. Uh, it was mainly our forward. Did have a few stints in there, but uh, yeah, definitely the forward role was apparent. Um, but he kicked four goals, and uh, look, I don't think he's going to do this every week, but he'll be a reasonable player this year. He's definitely capable of that 80 average. Well, yeah, if you can uh, kick four goals against Richmond, you can probably do it against most other teams. So, you know, if you're playing good footy against good teams, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. But uh, he looked really, really good, and I think uh, hopefully this is the year that he kind of uh, turns that potential on. Yep, I agree. Uh, Levi Casbolt was another one who played pretty well. So he yeah. had 82 points. My boy. Um, yeah, he's your boy. Picked him up late in the draft. Uh, he had 16 hitouts, and that was a result of Cruiser going down. Mm-hmm. Also kicked two goals as well. So he's capable of that, uh, you know, every second week or so, two goals. Yep. I'm not sure if if Carlton actually have a Ruckman playing and he's going to get those extra, you know, 16 points. Yep. I'm expecting like around, you know, the 70 average for him. Um, but yeah, I think this score was slightly inflated just mm-hmm. because of the uh, the hitouts. What do you think? But I think, yeah, it probably definitely is uh, with the hitouts there. But uh, I think with him, like, uh, especially if 
teams, you know, have less time to score. You know, we saw last week like a guy who can take a grab, um, you know, of fast play is going to suit high scores really. So I think someone like Casbolt could be very, very handy for, you know, a lot of sides going forward if the season continues, especially with the back forward status uh, as a real smoky, even if you need someone in your waiver wire, I think uh, he could be one that just plugs a gap for the rest of the season. Yep. And he's always floating around on waiver wires. So yep. yeah, he's one to pick up. Uh, Sam Petrescu Seaton, uh, he had 59 points. So he's playing more of a wing role, which was uh, interesting for his fantasy scoring. Uh, they went with Newman and Doherty across halfback, mm-hmm. um, which probably was to be expected with Cade Simpson in there as well. It was probably... Uh, I guess the writing was on the wall that he'd be pushing up the ground a little bit more. Yep. Didn't uh, didn't score awfully, but probably just didn't play the same role as we were expecting. So we'll have to wait and see how his scoring is going uh, this year. But 59 points, I don't think it's a bad return for his first hit out. Yeah, good start. And, you know, he's always been the guy that's going to be a, a quality over quantity player too. So, you know, if you know what's a 60, basically an 80 really normally. So if he's going at 80-ish yep. for the rest of the season, I think that's pretty good. Will it? Bump up a lot. I don't think so. I think he's just kind of that 80 to 90 kind of a, a player, I think. Yeah, I think around the 80 mark anyway, maybe high 70s. He might regress a little bit this season with this role. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Shia Bolton had 83 points, uh, three goals. Another player who just won't do this every week, but he's capable of scores like this quite often, he I is. think. So yes. he's a really good streaming option, I think. So if you've got him on your waiver wire, probably worth picking up um, just to have him as that streaming option, bench option type. He can definitely come in handy. Agreed. Uh, Ivan Soldo appears to be the number one ruck for mm. Richmond, which was interesting. Uh, he had 25 hit outs, so he um, 71 points in on the back of that. I reckon he's a handy ruck because he'll be available in a lot too, and a lot of people would have been like taking Nank or kept Nank yep. in their leagues, where Soldo, I think, is going to probably outscore him this season, which is sad for Nank owners, but good if you own Soldo. You'd hope that most people are smart enough to do the old uh, handcuff Hand for these two, but yep. uh, do you think Soldo is a better fantasy player than Nank? No, I don't think so. I think he's just a better ruckman. Yeah, which yep. is a bit unfortunate if you are – have gone down that path of a Richmond ruck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, bad uh, luck. It's not <laughs> me, so I don't care. <laughs> Daniel Rioli is the next player we'll talk about. So he had 69 points and, uh, yeah, I guess he's like shy Bolton, a player who's not going to do it every week, but definitely capable and, yeah, a, a decent streaming option. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of those, like, you know, obviously yeah, so many mouths picket, but even like uh, Lambert, um, Baker, you know, like a lot of those smaller, you know, mids, backs, forwards, they just, they're genuine utilities and play anywhere. So it's really hard to kind of pencil in when, when some of these guys are going to go big, but, yep. um, you know, could be very, very handy guys to have on your, on your list nonetheless. Uh, last player I'll talk about is uh, Josh Caddy uh, for this game for Richmond. Actually, no, sorry, I got one more. But anyway, uh, Josh Caddy is the next player we're talking about. So he had uh, 67 points. And he's another player, I think, that will just be in a lot of waiver pools. Um, mm-hmm. I had him on my list at the uh, before the trade period. I think I did a nothing trade for him where I just didn't care um, and just threw him back into the pool. Um, and I think the... I think I traded Paddy Ryder for him. He also got traded back into the pool. So I don't know what the point of that trade was. But anyway, um, look, he gets a little bit of midfield time. So I guess he's going to be slightly relevant. He's not going to be a superstar mid because none of the Richmond midfielders actually are real yep. fantasy superstars. But he gets the time in there. 67 points that equates to, you know, the, the 80 yep. mark in a full-time game. Yep. Pretty handy for, uh, you know, one of your last midfield spots, I think. Definitely. Well, he was one that I took in the draft early last year. First round. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously he was injured, which uh, did his. I don't think his season much much um, good. So I no. think if he's coming into this year uh, fitter, obviously most guys will be able to get their fitness up to a good level uh, with the break. So maybe it's a good good sign for caddy owners that he can bounce back to you know that kind of eighty ish average forward, which is great. 
Uh, the last player I'll talk about, and how could I forget this guy? Jaden Short. He had 66 points as well. So if that's a full game, that equates to an 83 when your times are by 1.25, mm-hmm. uh, which makes up for the time on, time lost on ground. So, yeah, he just looks like a fantasy scorer as well. You know, if you're scoring your 80s each week in a full, uh, I guess, time game, mm-hmm. you're going to be pretty happy with that. And we talked him up all off season. He's kind of the next guy, the distributor from the halfback line, uh, next in line for Richmond. So yep. if you've got him in your team, you'd be pretty happy, I think, Case. Definitely very happy. Uh, right, yes, the Bulldogs and Collingwood game. So I watched this on the Friday night. Kick off with some Dogs players. Bailey Williams kind of has proved me wrong. He played a pretty solid game on Friday night. He's one of your boys, Case. He is one of my boys. Uh, I'd kind of disowned him uh, over have. the last bit, but I did pick him up in our draft. So he's back on my uh, my love list. And I thought he actually looked pretty good and played a reasonably fantasy-relevant role. Now, uh, across half-back, pushing up onto the wing, uh, looked good. Um, I think that he can kind of get back to those numbers that we thought he might have scored last year. I think there's a, there's a role for him in that dog side now. So, um, obviously... It's kind of blokes like Matt Suckling have kind of gone to the wayside a bit for someone like Williams to come in and play that role. But uh, I think if you've got him on your list, I think he's definitely worth um, fielding most weeks if the dogs continue their way. Yeah, he kind of, um, I guess, left uh, you know left off where he kind of, what do you call it, picked up to where he left yeah, off yeah. from the uh, preseason because we saw that in that uh, second uh, game against Port Adelaide where he was coming off halfback and actually I think he racked up an 80 in that uh, March mm-hmm. series game. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely going to step up this season, I don't know how big he'll go, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes around this, you know, high 60s mark, which equates to the 80, which, 85 kind of mark. Which so. is awesome for a defender. Definitely. Uh, speaking of defenders, Alex Keith, he was absolutely dominant for the dogs across the half-back line. Uh, took nine marks, was a genuine intercept king. So, notched up 71 points, which, uh, you know, is a pretty damn good score uh, when you times that by 0. 0.2, 0. 0.25 or whatever it is. Uh, I think he could be a really handy one to pick up off the waiver because um, the way that the game's going, the ball's getting bombed forward a bit quicker out of stoppages, etc. Uh, I think Keith's one who's just, he's a fantastic intercept mark and I think potentially how the game might flow with uh, how it looks now, he could be one that just kind of steps up. Those taller defenders just seem to be um, guys who will get a few more marks, I think, than normal. So yep. one to monitor when we recommence play, hopefully in a few months' time. Yeah, he's one that we actually talked about in the preseason a little bit about um, his intercepting uh, abilities. Mm. So, yeah, I don't think uh, – I wasn't super surprised by the um, by the way he played, but the fantasy scoring I think surprised me just a little bit yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, those nine marks were pretty vital when he's scoring. I think he's capable of that uh, quite often. For sure. Uh, I just want to touch on uh, Josh Bruce and Aaron Norton. They oh, had how'd they go, guys? <laughs> real dogs of days. Uh, Bruce had 33 and Aaron Norton had a six, which is absolutely amazing because he was basically out there the, most of the game. Yep. For I'd, me, uh, hate to say I told you so. Uh, shush. <laughs> I'm just going to say, don't stress if you are owning them. The dogs' ball movement on Friday night was genuinely atrocious and uh, they're going to bounce back, the dogs. Um, Collingwood are a very, very good side. I think a bit of time off Aaron Norton because he kind of came in off basically no preseason uh, will do him a world of good. So uh, don't uh, get too worried. Don't sell your chickens with uh, Bruce and Norton. I think they'll still be very serviceable yeah, um, once the season commences. They'll bounce back in two months' time. I'm sure. Yeah, they will. Yeah, I'm sure. They'll be reeling on the back of that performance. And well, be- <laughs> they can probably double their scores. <laughs> yeah. I reckon they could easily double their scores. I'm just kind of making the point of how frustrating it is like you're looking forward to them bouncing back in 10 weeks' time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if it is that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Noble for the Pies. Uh, kind of our chat over the preseason was vindicated by his game. 67 points there. 
Looked really good, used the ball pretty well. They feed it to him as well, which is great to see. I think his scores is going to keep improving yeah. throughout his career. So he, I think he's one you kind of want to uh, grab while you can. He's one that was in available in the draft for quite a few rounds and it was always thought of picking up, but you're just not sure whether that, I guess, at the end of last year, the Marsh series form, will it translate? Will he... You know, even though he looked good, it was still in my head, is he best 22? Mm. Actually, still best 22. But I think he proved that on the weekend, yeah. yeah. But it still kind of wasn't confirmed in my mind, I think. And it was only until round one and saw him play, I think that was confirmed. But by then, it's too late and he's drafted to another team. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, for, yeah, if he's around, grab him off the waiver. Speaking of guys who might be on the waiver, Brody Majacek, uh had three goals, eight marks and 82 points. I think he could be in for a great 2020. I think uh, he's one of the – he just always flies under the radar, always does the right thing, always takes a few marks, kicks a few goals. And I think he's one that's very underrated. Uh, if you are lacking forwards in your uh, your team, one that you should look at for your waiver wire pickups uh, before the season recommences. Yeah, he always seems to pop up with at least a 70, which is super handy. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't look like he should be a fantasy type because he's not really – a key forward, but he doesn't really play like a, a small forward either. He, I, don't know, I guess he plays like a centre-half forward role, but I don't know. He just doesn't look like someone who should score well, but he but does. He just does. Just yeah. keeps popping up, kicking goals, taking Genuine marks. under-the-radar player. Yeah, for sure. Righto, on to the Bombers and Frio. So it's very unfortunate that the season finished because uh, we were basically going to win the grand final. You know, one win, one game. What do you mean? You're not even top of the ladder like Port Adelaide are. Yeah, but they played a we're easy team. <laughs> Fremantle are a very, very oh, yeah, tough yeah. team, especially on the no, road. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I don't know how you beat them? Uh, you know, well, well, we only just beat them too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were just easing off. We knew the season was just almost uh, okay, finished. Yeah. We were just kind of Pumped you know making it a bit, bit exciting, yeah. give some give some excitement to this round. Come on, talk about some players. Uh, Brett Brewley from the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, for me, he had the game that he had to have. So there was a few talks across the West that it was Brewley season, but we didn't really see it in the. Uh, the um, Marsh series and that kind of thing. So I was a bit worried about, you know, him as a draftable prospect, but uh, did prove he can do it. So he showed a couple of years ago when he got drafted out the waffle that uh, he's a very, very good player and can rack him up, but proved it on the big stage with an 89 on the weekend. 16 kits, kicks from his eight, uh, 16 kicks from his 20 touches is a very, very nice ratio. And uh, I think it holds him in good stead when Blake Akers returns uh, when we get back to footy. So it might be between him and, uh, you know, Aisha or something like that, whereas we kind of had Aish up ahead of Bewley. Uh Bewley had a pretty good game on the on the weekend, and uh, I think he could continue that form for the rest of the year. Like how you say, like big stage in front of a huge crowd of no one. Lots of viewers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a big stage. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll pay that. Yeah. I'm just like, again, I'm just kind of just shaking my head at the round. You're just was. sad, man. Don't be sad. Don't be sad because it's <laughs> over. Be sad because be happy because it started, you know? I uh, just, I don't know. It just doesn't even make sense why it even went ahead in the first place. I agree. We're not talking about yeah. that though. Uh, Darcy Tucker, could he be the new midfield beast for the Frio Dockers, Hef? Uh, Maybe. 23 touches, yeah. 82 points. Don't know about beast is the right word. But, Not you like an actual- Crafty winger, maybe. Yeah, yeah but like, I mean, a scoring beast, <laughs> okay, a fantasy yeah. beast. Perhaps, yeah. uh, you know, obviously, he played a lot of um, the tagging role last year. Uh, but I think while they're playing Bailey Banfield, that means that that's his role. So, it means uh, kind of Tucker gets freed up a bit. I think he could be very, very handy. Obviously, he's the centre forward this year. Will he be able to notch up, um, you know, numbers enough to make him a keeper for next year? Not sure just yet. But uh, look, he he started the year off really nicely. Has played some really good games last year as well, and yeah. and had a good March series. So definitely one that uh, wouldn't surprise me if he kind of just jumps out of nowhere and becomes a, a pretty handy fantasy player. 
Yeah, he's a player that I wanted to actually take in the first round, but I kind of just forgot he was there and ended up taking Carl Amon, who plays pretty much the exact same role. Mm. But he's the type of player I wanted, but having that forward status would have been uh, handy, yeah. I think. But it won't last for long, so it doesn't really matter. I think this might yep. be his last year of uh, the DPP. Yep. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw just oh. sucks, doesn't he? He doesn't suck, but he wasn't good. Um, he was bad, and he lost the game for him yeah, He missed times. two open goals. If he would have kicked those goals, his score would have been maybe yeah. okay. But uh, low time on ground again from memory. Which is not good when yeah. there's no game. Time. Especially in the preseason, when well, you see, I saw a lot of the players actually played pretty similar game time to what they would have, you know, in terms of percentages. How many excuses you got for this guy? I'm not. I'm just saying that you even you saw like most of the players played the similar like percentage like time on ground than they did last year, which I just don't get that because you think the shorter game time they would, but maybe it's the top, like you know, just burst and things like that, and that's what they want. But I still feel that like uh, impact players are more important now with shorter quarters. Yeah, yeah, I do think that I do think so, but I think just some of the like the gun players and stuff like that still need to have that rest, just that you know thirty seconds here and there or a minute here and there, just to kind of catch their breath and regenerate and then go out there and play you know more bursts as well. Um, but yeah, look, Brayshaw, that's just what baffled me that was the low time on ground after seeing the complete opposite in the preseason. Mm. So come on, just give him a run, <laughs> really. Come on, J Lo. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Kyle Langford, could he be a steal? Uh, he looked to slim down a bit and played pretty well. Almost to the detriment of Darcy Parrish, whose score was stinky. But, uh, look, he was pretty solid. 82 points as a uh, DPP center forward is very nice from him. Uh, had, I hyped him up last preseason and he really disappointed in 2019. But I think he could be on the way back and, and could be a reasonably serviceable player. I don't think he's ever going to set the world on fire in terms of scoring or, or footy. But, uh, you know, if he's taking some points off Darcy Parrish, that's not good for those owners. I would have been more keen on him if the season continued because mm-hmm. if it does continue, you're going to have blokes like Heppel back and the other players will have actually had a few months worth of running and stuff like that. So that yep. puts his spot probably in a little bit of jeopardy. I tend to agree. Um, but, yeah, if, if straight up, he was probably one of the better players for sure. Mm. Uh, Jakey Stringer kicked uh, two goals, three, and had 73 points. I think these kind of burst players, the, um, you know, guys who have – uh, historically kind of, um, you know, been impact players. I think they're going to be a bit more important with the shorter game time. I think they'll play a bit more on ground and maybe not necessarily on ground, but they'll be in the midfield a bit more. And I think someone like Stringer might be potentially a bit more fantasy relevant with the, the shorter quarters going forward. Could be a bit of a smoky for your F4, F5. Uh, we'll definitely be best 22. Just be interesting to see what happens when we resume and, and Essendon kind of make their way back to full strength. You've got uh, BZT written here for the next one. Who the yes. fuck is that? Zerk Thatcher. Is Zerk that Thatcher. Okay. Band, bleh, <coughs> Brandon Zerk Thatcher. He was salary capped hype in the preseason, so I feel sorry if anyone actually bought into that. Uh, it's all Mason Redman, Jordan Ridley, and Adam Saad for the Bombers' backline. I don't think you're going to get any points out of BZT or Aaron Francis. So apologies if you got caught up in the uh, salary cap hype of BZT, but uh, nah, you want Redman on Ridley, I think. Uh, yeah, so is Redmond 2G4P because you don't have a little segment here on him. Uh, no, I don't. It's it's just uh, all, the bo- all the Bombers defenders were just absolutely ham. They all scored bananas. Yeah, so so like, I can't talk about well. all of them. Yeah. Ridley, um, Ridley was really good. He finally kind of lived up to that Marsh hype and then mm-hmm. Redmond was just everywhere. So yeah. he Redmond, looks like he's going to be a gun. Redmond's the one you want. Yeah. And, uh, Which I, I, I have. have yeah. You've. That's just theft. I can't believe you did that to that guy. <laughs> Nat, Nick Nat Unsuspe- Redmond. Unsuspecting Steve. I really played it up as well. I was like, oh, is Redmond the best you can do? All right, I'll take it. <laughs> Absolute thief. <laughs> All right, did you look at this game on me? I can't remember. Uh, you did. I actually watched a bit of it. No, nah, so did I actually. Yeah, I watched every game, I think, pretty much. <laughs> so, except for the last one because I was just, I went for a walk and just, yeah. 
It's like that. It's like that meme when you there's uh, from uh, Narcos where Pablo Escobar is like just kind of walking around his house in isolation. That's basically what it was uh, during that last game. I was just oh, having a quiet, quiet think to myself. Um, anyway, let's talk about a few players from Sydney. So Sam Naismith, he's clearly the number one ruck yep. for Sydney. Sydney, he had 78 points. Um, beat O'Brien in the hitouts as well. So I don't know, maybe trading away the big source wasn't great for Crows, but uh, that doesn't really matter for fantasy. Yeah. Um, look, 78 points for Ruckman. Uh, I think he was probably, he's one of the top five Ruckman. I know that because I did the breakout track. I think he's mm-hmm. second, maybe. Can't mm-hmm. remember. Grady, uh, Brady Grundy obviously won. Yeah. Can't remember any other Rucks that scored high. I'm sure there was one out there though. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he's um, doing quite well at the moment. So I think having him fully fit and uh, able to play each week for the Swans is going to be good for them. Sure. Uh, Tom Papley, he had 79 points. He's just playing the same role as he was last year. Nothing really new there. But I think this year, if we do get to continue, he's going to have a big year because he mm-hmm. wants to boost that trade value. Sydney wanted a number one pick, or not first, sorry, a first round draft pick for him. And uh, Carlton didn't think he was worth that. Yep. And I think he's going to be playing this year to make sure he is worth that. So, yes, he can re- reward Sydney, but then also make his way to Carlton next season. I still think so, he's actually a pretty good player. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I think you could even get some a bit of midfield time out of him as well, maybe yeah, at Carlton sure. as well. So, for sure. could be pretty handy there um, Oliver Florent uh, he just continues to improve 72 points uh, playing that, that same wing role um, I reckon he's going to be okay I don't think he's going to be 100 plus average like some people are expecting but could be that kind of 80 to 90 he was um, impressive type though. midfielder yeah, yeah. Uh, Callum Mills uh, hit 72 points he just didn't look like a scared lamb for a change he actually was pretty composed across that half back line yeah. I've got some renewed faith in him I think um, look I think everyone was kind of talking for so long about this midfield time he was eventually going to get. That that dream's over, I think. Um, so he's just locked in, locking down that back row. 72 points, though. There's nothing to sneeze at. That's, you know, around the we got 90 mark or something yeah. like that. He did um, it well. He, he was – I hate that quarterback term, but a bit of a general back there. Like, and not the kind of free-flowing, you know, Jake Lloyd run-style game, but like the, the mark kick, short stuff. He was doing it very well and organising everything nicely from the back line. Don't get me started on Jake Lloyd. And Jordan Dawson, for that matter. Um, Sam Gray, uh, one of my old poor boys. Uh, he's 70 points, and he's always been a pretty good scorer, but he's an awful, awful player. You can't say that just because he left. <laughs> no, I thought that at point. He was like a most hated player. One That's of those fine. players that you like just wonder, why is he still in your side each week? And I think the first goal that absolutely – we even talked about this in the preseason, but we, that first shot at goal where he was about 20 metres out and didn't make the distance and sprayed it across the face, like it was just – Summed him up in one kick, I find. So, um, yeah, we talked about it. He just can't kick over a jam tin, and that's still true. He hasn't really worked on those leg muscles over there at Sydney. So, um, yeah, Very almost small legs. Almost missed break. a goal from the square as well. So he took a had a free kick in in front in the top of the square and only just snuck it in. So, look, because he's a good scorer, I hope he does remain best twenty two because he's handy fantasy score. But the way. He plays like he's got great endeavor and he attacks the ball well, but his skills are just atrocious. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does find himself out of the side knowing the way Horse picks his side. But if he, while he's in, he's a good scorer, so he's worth having. Uh, Jordan Dawson, oh, God damn you. <laughs> nah, look, he had 62 points, so it wasn't it was too very bad. late. But yeah, he really built, the, built his score late. But right. the, the thing that annoys me the most is it's just obviously affecting Lloyd. As well, they're just not going to go big together. I don't think you're going to get one or the other, and it sucks when you own both of them. So yeah, it's just bad a- luck. As a Callum Mills owner, I'm so happy. He just needs to go into the midfield. It's his best position. Get him in there. Nah, um, got too many guns in there now. Yeah, and I don't know if he's got the tank to do it either. Uh, Lockie Murphy, uh, one of the better fantasy scorers uh, for the Crows. There wasn't too much to write home about. Here's 64 points. Um, I wouldn't expect this every week from his type. No. Um, put up some good tackle numbers though. Um, he uh, puts them up actually, you know, quite frequently. I think he had 11 in one game last. 
season. So yep. um, he does kind of build him up through tackles. So when he's getting those, he will score okay. But uh, look, I wouldn't expect him to do it every week. And Rory Atkins had uh, 63 points. Look, he had stinks on the stints on the wing and uh, half back. Um, look, I like his role fantasy wise this year, Kays, because if he mm-hmm. does play that bit of uh, midfield time and does kind of float on the half back line too, I think he's going to be a decent scorer. Someone I really wouldn't have banked on actually being fantasy relevant, but he might be this year. He's got the DPP. Do you reckon he'll keep it? I know it's only one game, but uh, it might always be have to, it might all we have to be to go off with. Yes, I think he does because it was a pretty. It was like a 60-40 split, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fine. Um, you watched the GWS versus uh, Geelong game because you knew I'd be watching the pool game, didn't <laughs> I? I did. I sacrificed watching my boys, Bows, Rao, you know, yeah, all of these favorites. guys. Yep. Yeah. Be- all right. This is what I do for the pod, but I did for the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Which you, which we, uh, and it was an that. okay game. <laughs> uh, GWS were way too good for Geelong. Harry Perryman, he was super, super impressive. Uh, all aboard him. Looked absolute class. 20 touches, four goals, 86 points was everywhere. Um, bit worried he might not keep that uh, back DPP going forward, but uh, he's going to be a serious player nonetheless. Hopefully just Taranto and Ward come back in and push him back into defence. Yeah, that's bit, true. he can still score from defence as well. For sure. Uh, Sammy Jacobs, just a classic source game. Consistent. Good. He, like, he obviously got a bad, not a bad rap, but, you know, got kicked out the Crows for the age kind of thing. But he just never really plays a bad game, Sam Jacobs, in terms of fantasy. Uh, obviously, Darcy Fort's not the greatest ruckman in the world, but 10 touches and 28 hitouts for 80 points. I think uh, he could be a, could have been a bit of a steal for some uh, for some coaches around the land yeah. who would have taken him very late. And I think he's going to be a damn good scorer this year. Fine. I think there's a high percentage of coaches out there that had Jacobs and O'Brien. Because mm-hmm. of the handcuff, so and then they would have delisted Jacobs or just tried to trade him off. But no, if you if you like us and you play utilities, you keep both of them. But um, yeah, I think there would have been a lot of people that all could have got Jacobs for a lot cheaper than he probably would have, uh, I guess, scored this year mm, for sure. Uh, Tommy Green, don't worry about it. It was only a twenty-seven tut, uh, twenty-seven point game and six touches. Um, really, Jacob Hopper, Canelio, Toby Green ran the show in the midfield, so he probably wasn't getting those midfield minutes like he did in the preseason. So, uh, don't worry about him. He's going to be a good, good player. Just, uh, you know, first game nerves, no sweat there. On the other end of the scale, Joel Selwood. Sorry, can we just go back to Tom Green? It just Mm. kind of makes me wonder why Hately wasn't playing instead because he did look a bit lost out there. Correct. Whereas I I reckon Hately would have been a lot more comfortable in that side. I I have, uh, I'm 100% behind that question. I don't know. Uh, I suppose he had such a good Marsh series, he deserved that run. It's just so un GWS like to actually just play a kid on the back of hype, though. Like, it's just not what they do. Yeah. Anyway, move but on. I think he'll come back. I, th- I hope that Hately kind of gets his go when he gets back in. Yeah. But when, when we start again, sorry, but uh, who knows? At least uh, for Taranto owners as well, he won't be out for as much of the season. That's true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, Joel Selwood had 62 points and just seemed to look a bit better than last year, a bit more with it. Um, the Cats are a bit unspiring, especially in the midfield. But I think what might help Selwood scoring this year is that obviously with Tim Kelly going, Dangerfield gets the main tag. They need Selwood in the middle. He might kind of get a bit more cheap, easy ball than he has in the last kind of year or so. I think they're going to need him in in the guts a bit more. Guys like Narkel uh, were a bit disappointing on the weekend. So uh, I can see that Selwood's scores will lift up a bit this season. Yep. Uh, Zach Tui, he looked really good out the back line. 62 from him, which is only one point less than the the much-hyped Tom Stewart. I think he's fit now. The bounce back's on, and I think uh, if you took him, he could be quite handy. Potentially might be available in a few leagues just because of his age. So uh, get on him if you can. I reckon you get him cheap. And yeah, definitely. And speaking of old guys, Gary Ablett still the has fossil. 
Well done. Still has it. He is a guy who could genuinely win you a flag this year if you can get him in cheap. Uh, I think, obviously, that one game might hurt the price tag for him, but uh, nonetheless, there'll be people who think it's going to be his last year, which it might be, but uh, damn, the guy can still score. It's just funny because in that last March series game, the whole world's basically saying, Ablett is cooked, not best 22, he's done, comes out and does that, so... Classic Any gaz. plays when it counts. Classic, Gaz. Any plays when it counts. All right, on to Gold Coast versus uh, Port Adelaide. So, yeah, Case had to sacrifice watching his uh, all his Gold Coast boys run around yeah. so I could watch uh, Port Adelaide beat up on them. So, uh, mm, Brad Ebert, sad. he had 101 points. So, he had a shaky preseason. Um, I went out and watched the under-23 showdown that they uh, put on down at uh, Thebiton Oval and he could barely get a kick with the uh, running up against, round against, you know, 18 to 23-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So, I thought he was in big trouble, but uh, no, he scored pretty well on the weekend and uh, definitely earned his spot um look he played real deep forward at times as well so you know taking marks in the pockets and things like that kicking goals um still capable of midfield spot too so i reckon he's definitely gonna be fantasy relevant this season despite looking pretty rubbish in the preseason uh connor rosie he had 85 points uh look he's just an absolute gun i think mm-hmm. just get on board um not playing as much midfield time as we thought he might but it doesn't really matter he still scores well he's just so silky will he win a brown low yeah, one day Doss has got money on it. I don't know if it was for this year. He actually was going to put money on for this year, but I don't think he could. How can he get a bet on for any time Brownlow? Uh, no, it was at the start of the – no, 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 you can't. It was oh. um, it was definitely this year, but I just – sorry, I don't know if he actually put it on uh-huh. um, is what I was saying because we were sitting at uh, Alberton and he was saying that, uh, yeah, that he was going to win the Brownlow and he was going to put money on it, but I don't think he actually did it. But, yeah, it was paying a lot too. Boo. <laughs> anyway, it's probably not going to happen. No, um, that's true. probably why I was paying a lot. Um, Carl Amon, my first round draft pick. So he had 82 points and uh, he justified that pick. Um, look, he's just a winger that's going to get you 80 most weeks, I find. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that, especially with the time on ground adjustment as well. He does attend a few centre bounces as well. So it's kind of weird. He plays an outside role, but can play inside as well. And he's actually drafted as more of an inside player, but he's a bit of a dweeb. So um, yeah, he plays a lot more outside these days. But yeah, can go inside and get a few kicks as well. Uh, keeping on with the Port Boys, Ryan Burton, he had 79 points and good bounce back from, I guess, an injury riddled season last year if he stays fit which is you know who knows if that is actually going to happen but if he does he'll be a great scorer this year because he just well you know when they if they get back I keep saying that i just got to stop and yeah. just pretend it's happening next week yes you <laughs> uh, yeah look I think he'll be a good scorer if, if, if he plays so just got to stay fit Dan Houston the, the hype machine probably the most hyped player in the preseason so yep. look he had 79 and it wasn't the monster score we were all expecting but it was still decent it's the equivalent of 99 if you play a full mm. game so he's a midfielder now isn't he yeah yeah no chance of being a defender next year. Yeah, absolutely no chance. Sam Power Pepper is the next guy. Uh, 76 points. Um, look, he had a forward role that was pretty obvious but still has stints in the midfield. And that's what I like about him because he's probably going to rack up those points in the midfield but keep the forward status going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think he's one to get your hands on because I reckon he's going to be with the scarcity of the forwards as well and I'm not sure what DPPs will come around next year. Mm-hmm. But I think he's one that keeps it. And, you know, if you can get an 80 average forward that you can keep, uh, definitely one worth getting. And uh, last for the Port Boys, uh, Justin Westhoff. Here. Every points. 22 Port players you've gone through? Well, did you know that Port Adelaide are – no, that's not. But Port Adelaide are one of the best uh, fantasy scoring sides. So, there's always like From guys- one game? No, no. But last year as well, they were. Like as a team total, 
they were right up around the mark. So it probably goes wide. And like, there's a really good spread of points in this game as well. I guess it's just high possession they play, which is um, and you know frenetic pace and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So electrifying, really exciting. Okay, best team in the comp to watch. They are. Um, well, they're the best team in the comp. So <laughs> yeah, save totally. Ken is it hashtag save Ken? Look, I think he's got we, you to a minor premiership. Yeah, basically, I, I think you just got to call the premiership now. I think if it goes if it stops, so Port Adelaide are the flag winners and uh, Justin Westoff is a premiership rutman in that. So well done. Well yeah, he had 69 points, uh, nice in that one. But um, look, yeah, the backup role there was pretty clear. So I just think they're going to run with that instead of uh, uh, Laddams this year playing. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty handy if you own him because uh, having forward status, which DPP as well, which can sometimes come in handy in the midfield, yeah. um, I think he's going to rack him up. Well, not rack him up, but, you know, score well. Um at- if he gets those hit-out numbers that he was on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Ainsworth had uh, 74 points. Um, oh, yeah. You've got to be happy with that return, I think. Um, and as a forward, he's going to be super handy this year. Just a guy who looked like he's been on the verge for ages and just couldn't get the body right, finally gets his body right, and the season shuts down on him. But, uh, look, as a forward, he's going to be handy. Probably won't keep it uh, next season. He only had three touches inside 50, I think it was. Looks so, class, yeah. though. I'd keep him as a midfielder. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He's worth uh, worth a punt. And uh, speaking of class midfielders, uh, Matthew Rao, so he looked really good. Um, um, not bad for his first hit out, 64 points. I think he's only going to get better with that as well. I think that equates to 80 mm-hmm. um, if hey, you adjust that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And another one of your boys, Jack Bowes, uh, he had 62 points. But what was interesting is he continued that defender role. So I think that's going to be pretty good for fantasy coaches. Um, yeah, and I think he will continue that role, win his back status back sometime this season and continue it next year. Question for you that you probably don't know the answer to. Uh, if the season gets called off at some stage, you know, yeah. uh, how will they readjust, you know, well, actually, would they, do you reckon they'll take Marsh games into into account as in terms of where they were playing? I have no idea. I don't think the AFL doesn't know this answer this question. Yet. Yeah. So um, it's uh, it's it's a tough one. I'm not sure what will happen. I think you just reload. I reckon you just go with the exact same mm. as what you did last year. What do you do with like fantasy prices in classic and stuff like that? It's, yeah. It's crazy. Does you know Doherty still get the discount? Like <laughs> does Ward still get the discount? It's yeah. crazy. Anyway, let's move on to the next game. I think this was one of mine as well, was yes, it? Yes, it was. Yeah, cool. So North Melbourne versus St Kilda there. So Jai Simpkin, he had 89 points and he was split between midfield and forward. So he's just another player I like the look of. Um, mm-hmm. I guess given the age profile as well, he's kind of one that you want in your keeper league teams. Yeah. Uh, looks like he's improved a fair bit as well. I'm not sure if... Um, I guess well Zebul being out, what that will do for his scoring. But it looks like Zebul now won't miss a game if we do go back on time. So, um, or if he don't go back at all, so yeah, it'd be fine. I think he's a gun. It's just that he's always been a handballer, which has been his issue. But uh, I, th- I really do like him as a player. I think he's very, very classy. Yeah, if he kicks a few snags, that makes up for the lack of kicking though. Big so, time, big yeah. time. Uh, Taron Thomas, he only had fifty-five points, but I, I seriously rate this kid. Like he just looks like good with the pill in hand. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if he'll improve his scoring, but he gets midfield time as well. Takes a few uh, centre bounce. So, um, yeah, look, I'm happy with that. If you can get your hands on him, wait for his third or fourth year breakout. Um, but Which yeah, is next year. As a second-year player, um, yeah, he's not going too bad. Yeah. Uh, Dan Hannabury had 78 points. Moving on to St. Kilda now. He's going to be one of the more reliable St. Kilda midfielders, I think. Um, he's, I don't know, even though the injury history and, you know, all the rumours that fly around about the guy. But, um, look, he just looks class in that St. Kilda midfield. The worst thing for me is just he affects Seb Ross. Um, his scoring, so that just hurts a bit. But poor half. I know one of my boys that uh, my premiership captain actually from a couple of years ago. Oh well, uh, Dan Kent had seventy six points. Uh, he gets thrown around a lot as kind of he looks good one week and then it'll be rubbish the next one. Everyone yeah. kind of talks about him because he looks okay. Pick. Yeah, I can't believe he's actually playing. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But anyway, he had the high half forward role. Um, he pops up, kicks goals. And just one of, and again, one of those players that you wouldn't expect this every week, but yeah, pops up. Can can be a handy streamer. 
Like he's a type of player that you'd pick up with your last pick in the draft to, mm-hmm. to hope he just plays and pops up every now and then. I wouldn't jump on him in a waiver wire just yet because, you know, I, yeah, don't, no, think, I don't think he's genuinely best 22 going forward. No, but, uh, as you said, a streamer for sure. Yep. Uh, Dan Kent. Uh, sorry, I just talked about Dan Kent. Uh, Paddy Ryder, uh, 68 points. So he um, spent a lot of time in the ruck. It's pretty much 50-50 split. So this is going to affect Marshall scoring more mm-hmm, than everything. For but sure. for a bloke who would have been undervalued, I think, this season, and, um, you know, and thinking he was going to be stuck up forwards. Probably not the case. So it looks like they've generally recruited him to actually, you know, share that ruck load. So that mm. means hit out numbers. That means increased fantasy scoring. So Paddy Ryder, I think you could do a lot worse, especially with the ruck forward status. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hawthorne v Brisbane. So Zach Bailey for the Lions. I thought he looked really solid. Uh, his scoring probably wasn't quite there, but I think uh, he just looks a bit of a player to me. He provides a bit of run, uh, uses the ball reasonably well, had 51 points. And I think if he can kind of get a full season in, uh, when we get back to it, I think by the end of the year, he'll be a, a fair player, especially if that line's half-back line. So if you can kind of uh, wrangle him from someone in the meantime, go for that. Uh, another guy who I'm going to welcome to the Key Ford fan club, it's Eric Hipwood, 80 points, 16 touches for the big boy. As if he wasn't in there already. And three goals. He hasn't delivered. Now he's part of my, oh, my, yeah. part of my group. I you, you know? talk about him a fair bit. I haven't talked about Hipwood for ages, man. Sorry, last year you were going off on this guy. Yeah, but I think this is his year this year. So you said that last year. Coming, no, but I mean it in 2020. It's oh, a sure. bit of a coming of age for Eric. So uh, okay. looks like he uh, has all the... Uh, has all the has it all together, I think, is the is what I'm looking for there. But if you're getting 16 touches as a key forward, I think that means you've got a good work rate. Uh, he's got that athletic kind of um, body, and I think he's going to be a hell of a player in a year or two. As far as key forwards go, he's the type that you want because he's that athletic type that could potentially, you know, push up the ground a little bit more and just, you know, increase the chance of getting a few more kicks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't mind it. I just don't think he's going to be – I just don't like key forwards. You know that. I kind of feel that key forwards could be very handy this year. So do I now, yeah. just looking at how direct the game was, um, yeah. especially players like Jack. Rewild, who's always around the mark, you know, around that mm-hmm. 70 type mark that can yep. be pretty handy. But yeah, looking at how direct they were playing, it's uh, it was quite good. I think the shorter game time, more direct, and I actually feel that players won't be pushing up the ground as much anymore. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. know. There was a still like fair bit of there zoning was, stuff. Of course going there on. was. Of course there was. Yeah. But I still feel that there was a lot more just quick bangs forward. And if these guys can, you know, yeah. get their tank going. They were they breaking the zone a lot better because they were moving the ball so quickly, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for the Hawks, John Segler, definitely the number one ruckman. 28 hitouts for him. Uh, probably did a bit less around the ground than he normally does, but still solid enough 56. So I think if you've got big boy, he's been relegated to uh, genuine uh, fullback duty. So bad luck there. And I think another guy, another group of guys who have been severely underrated throughout the preseason is the old brigade for Hawthorne. So from the scores, Luke Bruce, 74. Sean Burgoyne, amazing game, 70. Isaac Smith, 85. Liam Shields, 97. These kind of guys have still got it and gunk uh, Gunston was still pretty solid. I'm pretty sure basically all of these guys, maybe apart from um, Liam Shields, were available in every draft pool that we were in. They're just getting delisted because because uh, of age, etc. But I still think that the the Hawthorne uh, coaching staff are going to put a lot of faith in these guys to uh, keep their side ticking along. And I think that they'll be very handy scorers should we resume. Yeah, I don't mind them, especially the last two that you mentioned there, Smith and Shields. Um, they're always going to go around the mark. Smith actually went first round in our draft, um, you know, 16 keepers, so the 17th pick. Um, Isaac Smith, which I thought was probably, I guess the guy's hunting for a flag, but I thought that was probably a bit early. But I think it's justified if you are trying to just get points into your side. Mm-hmm. I think Smith was quite good on the weekend. Actually, he, out of our first round draft pick, he was a high scorer. Um, Not surprising. Last week, uh, yeah. last week. So, yeah, no, nah, I, I don't mind that. Um, and the last game of the year, 
season, whatever. I tuned out by now. I, I had lost interest. I apologise. the Hawthorne so. game when I heard there was going to be an announcement, <laughs> I, was, I was out the door. I tried to try, start, I tried to start watching this. If you want to know how interested the players were in this game, I did a little stat today when I was looking through the, the stats. 28 out of the 44 players on ground recorded one or less tackle. And they, they knew before the game that yeah. the season was done, basically. So, yeah. if 28... If there's less than if 28 people are having less than 28 tackles, yeah, that's uh, basically where it sums it up for me. So, so um, neither of us watched this game. Do you know of any <laughs> players that played well in it? Uh, well, from the scores, Liam Duggan at 83 points, so he continued his good preseason form. Uh, could be the natural evolution from the game, but uh, without watching it, I don't know. And your Chris- boy Christian Petrarca. 90 points from him. Now, Done. I want to see a bit more before I eat my words, but uh, he started off showing me I'm wrong quite nicely. But uh, look, the the air was out of my balloon by the end of uh, by the end of that um, Hawthorne-Brisbane game. So, uh, apologies, listeners, but uh, I think the news just made us sad, Hef. Yeah, I was, I was so down on Sunday night. I felt lost. Like, I felt like a... Something had died, or yeah, it was it was horrible. It was but you've got to you've got to realize that there's just you know much worse things going on now oh, in life. Hundred really percent, yeah. But that's what I had to realize. I mean, like I was just kind of had to kind of slap myself and say, you know, it's just footy, mate. <laughs> you know, there's things, other things going on. So not the end of the world. Hopefully, um, you know, it does come back at some stage. And if it doesn't, you know, and in some ways, I kind of wish it doesn't in a way just because I'd rather just reset next year and not have to play like a compromised season be good for all my stats and I don't have to adjust everything next year as well I just don't understand how they think they can play the rest of the season and go up till December or whatever like that like they just won't play at the big grounds they'll play at uh, Skill Stadium they'll play at suburban grounds they'll play night games they'll play every night of the week Um, yeah they won't play during the day because it'll be too hot I guess um, and that's just the way they'll do it. And it'll be shortened 18. They can smash it out in, you know, I guess under, probably under 18 weeks, 15 weeks or something like that. And then I it's, don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting take. Like if you're playing every night of the week, for example, um, you kind of get that Big Bash feel about it. And Big Bash, you know, kind Fizzles of loses, its, yeah, <laughs> loses its appeal after yeah. a while, especially if you're playing like another 16 weeks of football. It's um, I guess the difference is, is that um, this won't be – normal it won't be like this every year true big bash is like that and i think if they did it you know the first couple of years of the big bash everyone watched it so i don't think there's any yeah, concerns true. there it's true um it's just going to be very different so in some ways i kind of just want to wipe this one off the record wipe last week off too so it doesn't fuck with stats and numbers and stuff like that for my mm. projections and breakout tracker and stuff like that and uh yeah i don't know i don't know where i sit with it i would but that again i'm I've been home with a with a sick child all week, and I'm already getting cabin fever, and I'm not even in proper lockdown yet. So you need to go out for a run or something. Like I've been going for big walks, but it just doesn't do it for me. It's like I need to go to a pub or do something, and it's just not going to happen. Not that too, dude. Yeah, I know. So it's you just have to have delicious remedy kombucha with exactly. friends. I just think it's going to be a very hard year, and I think I think everyone's under no illusion with that. Um, but yeah, I think just then I think like maybe we should have footy back because we just give us something at some <laughs> stage. But then again, when footy's back, obviously we'll be allowed out again so yeah that's anyway no again let's not get stuck into that too much let's talk about the uh the membership uh system we got going on so i actually updated the breakout tracker on uh tuesday or wednesday i think it was um and i'll keep updating it if we play again but what i've done is actually adjusted the scores so i've timed them times them by 1.25 to make up for uh, the time on ground so they kind of reflect um what 
I guess the you know in the breakout track you're looking at the top players at, at, over their whole career, so you're including a lot of data from previous seasons, and you mm-hmm. know like previous season going to be way more inflated than this season. So I've decided to um, boost the numbers up so they reflect what they would have been if it was a full season game. So that gives you a better um, understanding. Now the only thing is like players that play one game won't show up until they've played two because it doesn't draw a line on the graph unless you've got two points. So that's a bit right. annoying, but yeah. got to wait to see where they actually show up on the graph uh, for your for your first players. But uh, you know, the good thing now Marlon Pickett's actually in it, so you can see how he's uh, trending trending against the uh, top because he played his second game. So he's going well? Uh, yeah, he's up there. I think he's right. You're 70, uh, back-to-back 70s or mid-70s for, for midfield in the first two. That's definitely above average. So, mm. no, nah, he's doing pretty well. Uh, we'll have to see if that continues. But, geez, he looked good as well. Um, anyway, let's... Uh, Talk about some gold members. So thank you to uh, the following people. Um, yeah, we're going to read out a quite a few as well, just in case we don't have too many more pods to get through them all. If we don't have enough podcasts to get through, I'll do something, maybe like a graphic or a shout out on Twitter or something like that um, to get all the gold members over the line. But uh, thank you to these guys, uh, Jugsy Hagler, Steve Greenwood, Paul Vincent, Tim Davis, Daryl Smith, Elliot Greeny, Mark Miles, Daryl Wolford, Trent Lerazignol. How would I go with that one, Case? I think you did pretty well. Cool. And uh, Dylan Brooks. Um, yeah, so I guess the other premium resources, obviously, we can't really do at the moment because projections, I'll put them up before the next game. It makes no sense to really put them up now. I've got to do some adjusting of that to the time on ground as well, so I'll mm-hmm. get stuck into that over the next 10 weeks. Hopefully, I get it done in time. Um, and then uh, the State League score as well. There's no State League, so I can't put them up. But as soon as I do, I've, I'm on top of them. Good man. I'll uh, have them up there for you guys to uh, yeah to, to grab and use as a good resource for your teams. Um but yeah, if you want to join up, uh, I guess trying times. I don't know if anyone has too much spare cash to actually throw into a membership at the moment. But you know, if you want to support the podcast, um, then you can. If not, we're not going to judge it because we completely understand it's uh, very trying times at the moment. But yeah. All right, guys, we've got a podcast review we can get through as well. We do. This is an essay from Soul Z. So this is probably one of the better reviews we've ever had. This is an amazing No review. disrespect to any of the other reviews that we have had. Nah. But geez, it goes for... It's a novel. Do you want to read it out, Case? Sure. Uh, love these boys. It's quite clear their love for fantasy footy runs deep. All the way to pick 400 and then some. Case doing a podcast with Busted Eardrum is a bit like Dermot Brereton, but probably more like former Bulldog Clay Smith having done an ACL. He wanted to and then did return to the field and completely wrecked it. Thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah, uh, from my point of view, it's. Uh, I hope it's not season any for K's as I've just found these boys and have thoroughly enjoyed what they produce. There's so much good stuff in each pod. The floating idea uh, of a twice-weekly podcast is not a bad idea at all and something I reckon they should explore. One more note. As someone who's done a bit of work around audio production before, can I say, especially compared to some of the other dribble and dribble out there, these guys- Gosh put value into how they actually sound and it makes them miles ahead. This isn't some halfway house of audio production. This is actually quality audio along with quality content. For that, I say thank you and look forward to listening to the boys ahead of the season. That's if we get a season and don't go down with the coronavirus. Cheers, boys. Thank you very much, Sal. That's uh, a great review. Awesome review. You'd hope there'd be half decent audio quality when you've got like a trained audio engineer and a guy who used to be on uh, one of Adelaide's biggest radio stations um, on the same <laughs> podcast. So uh, you'd hope it'd be half decent, but, you know, we do what we can, I think. Uh, yeah. We do it for the love. Ah, absolutely. Um, all right. We'll move on to the listener question. So this week uh, we'll, we'll play the theme music in a second case, but we've got a uh, bit of a mixed bag here, so it should be pretty fun. Good. On to the listener question. So, we've actually got some real fantasy questions that we'll answer. And then we've got just some 
questions that aren't really about fantasy at all. But Bring just it on. Our opinions on some things. And uh, yeah, I think we'll solve a few debates here, I think, as well. Um, Levi Coombe asks, uh, is Bailey Smith the real deal? Oh, yeah. He was amazing. He yeah. was actually amazing. He is, um, you know, obviously they've got the three guns in the midfield, but he's surely their, almost their fourth best player now, I think. Such a good midfield, that Western Bulldogs midfield. But the, I guess, yes, he's the real deal. And I think he always has been just because, you know, he didn't really play in his underage season, but when he did, he was better scorer than Walsh fantasy-wise. Mm. And then he, they rushed him in round one last year with no preseason and no like, games the season before, really, only four games the season before. And he was still serviceable, played really low time on ground to get him into it. But yep. that just goes to show how highly Western Bulldogs rate him. Played pretty much every game last season on the back of no preseason. Comes in this year and stars. So, yeah, he's I reckon a he's a real deal. An absolute Absolute chat. Yep. Next uh, Michael Boland. Didn't get to see the GCV Port game. I have Bowes and Fiorini. Are they both playing halfback? Because I saw Marsh 2 game and they both were. If so, do you think this is their position in the future? Yeah, they both were playing across halfback. Uh, Bowes definitely I see in the future. I can see Fiorini going into the midfield. I think it was just maybe trialling a few of the younger guys still, mm-hmm. wanting to inject those guys. I think when shit gets a bit rougher for Gold Coast, say they need to win a few more games to avoid another spoon or whatever that, I reckon they'll chuck Fiorini back in there. But he could play enough to actually keep DPP for next season. That would be huge. Yeah, there is a chance he might get it. So, yeah, um, yeah. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, Andrew Kenny, a friend with uh, a friend went with Bailey Banfield over Brett Bewley. Did he zig when he should have zagged, or is it far too early to tell? A uh, bit of zigging when he should have zagged, I think, but uh, not too bad. Like I completely understand why he took Bailey Banfield and um, going by his uh, state league numbers yeah. last year, yep. um, and does get a fair bit of midfield time. The only issue is there's a stark contrast between the type of role he plays in the waffle mm-hmm. and then uh, what he does in the in the AFL. So I don't think I think we could, it's probably just still a bit too early to judge. Though. And I think if he yep. does get a bit more opportunity in the uh, seniors this year and to play that same role he does in the waffle, um, he might go okay. But Brett Bewley did look good on the weekend. So at this point, you're a, you're a little bit behind, I think. Yeah, as you said, I. Can Completely agree, and I would have drafted Banfield over um, Bewley uh, if I if I had the choice too, because I think uh, his state league numbers stack up. But um, yeah, just keep the faith. We've got a bit of time to figure it out, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a super costly mistake. Was Bewley the one that like Fife was saying he was going to play on the wing in the season, and everyone said uh, you no, sorry, you said no, oh, that's not going to happen, but everyone said that's going to happen, and then it did happen. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but I also said James Aish was going to play on the wing and everyone said, no, he's not. And then he did. So. And he, no, he didn't play on the wing because he didn't play, didn't he? He played on the weekend. Did he? Dick. I thought he was yeah. out. No, he <laughs> no, just no, didn't score very well. Oh, that's right. Uh, so I got it right. I got it wrong, you know. Yeah. Uh, Denim Weston. Tim English. Worth persisting with. Yeah, he is. He just gets monstered in hitouts. Um, just against Grundy. Well, Grundy no, he's like a genuine exception to the rule. He gets monstered against everyone. And again, this is why I said in that Marsh game, don't get too excited because everyone saw his hit-out numbers. Get excited. He was playing against an injured Ruckman. Um, he gets jumped over pretty well, but I think it's worth persisting just because how good he is around the ground as well. And there will be a few games where he does get on top of some of the lesser Ruckmen. So, like, I'd be interested to see him go against, like, Segler or something like that mm. um, in terms of Ruck work. But I think around the around the ground work, like, he does pop up and take a grab across halfback and things like that and gets a yep. few kicks and tackles. I think he's still worth assisting with yeah definitely it's his around the ground work that makes him a very valuable ruckman so like he had a horrible game actually rucking but he still ended up scoring 50 in the end by just you know yeah. getting around the ground laying some tackles and getting some uh, marks and kicks and it was more to do with that Grundy is so awesome around the ground that he kind of negates that because he's the type yeah. of player that you have to go with yeah. um, because he's so good so yeah. it does negate that a little bit so yeah don't stress um, give him a bit more time if we get any this season 
All right, uh, at Ninja Spoon, um, if the 2020 season is a wash, what strategies or ideas could keeper leagues do for designing for deciding on keepers with no real data on rookies? Mm. Um, go by preseason hype and read all the media reports. You could uh, with rookies and stuff. You could go from the previous season's numbers. Yeah, are you, is he talking about how do you retain them or what should you do to like? Would yeah, in, our, in our situation, say we don't play another game, are we would in our league? Do you reckon we'd just go put back sixteen again, or do you reckon we'd maybe extend it out to you know twenty keepers or twenty two keepers or something like that? Because you don't even get a choice to have a look at some of yeah. these players. That Knowing you our totalitarian um, regime, mm. we won't get any say. It'll just be sixteen. So Correct. We'll probably be ten keepers. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be so hard. Hopefully, think, we hopefully get some more footy in that respect. I think it would be nice if you could potentially, if, if you're the commissioner or something, bring in a rule where for this year you can keep two extra players or you can keep two players under who haven't played a game or under fifty games or something like that, where you can maybe get a few more keepers in your list because you know you've done a whole preseason of work that's kind of come down to nothing. Uh, so you should get a bit of reward for it because imagine throwing, you know, I don't know, not a bad, bad example, but like Matt Rowe back in the pool because he didn't oh, play. Like so, you know, Tom like, Green on the back of a Yeah, exactly. Whatever, so, like, yeah. like, I'd hate to see someone lose someone like that. Because and that sounds crazy because like a lot of people played a lot deeper leagues than we did, but because when you play 16, you kind of need to keep the best scorers out there and you could yeah. potentially throw a Tom Green. Wouldn't be out of the question that he gets thrown back, you know. Yep. So, yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah. You should have a few months to think about the answer, though. Yeah, so, yeah, hopefully. Uh, get the juices flowing with the, the guys in your group. Um, from Russ2468, uh, if the season reopens and the AFL sticks with the reduced quarters, what types of players do you think will be impacted? Uh, I think the kick mark, handball, seagulls will score less and the intercept markers more, um, as teams seem to be attacking more directly. I think we said that over this podcast as well, yep. but no, I completely agree with that, especially the intercept markers too, like blokes mm-hmm. like your Keith, blokes like your Haynes. Yep. I think those guys are going to be real value in this style of playing. And then like you said as well, your key forwards are probably going to be yep. a, bit, a bit more handy as well. The other thing is when you've got less um, less time on ground or less game time, that means goals become a lot more valuable. Yeah. So if you can kick three goals, you're basically almost scoring a 60, which is pretty damn good score. Yeah, so some of those small forwards might be a bit more relevant too. Exactly. Yeah, so I think if you've got someone stuff. who can actually kick goals, I think they're going to they're gonna grow grow in uh, importance. All right. Uh, that's it on the uh, actual fantasy questions. So right, we've got next? Uh, one from Dale Paul Travers and he asks, what's your favourite personal footy moment? And I think he's referring to amateur footy here, Case. My favourite personal footy moment. Yeah. Uh, favourite moment probably was... Kicking the winning goal in an A-grade game from outside 50. The team hadn't won all season. I think we were about 12 or 13 games in. Yep. And uh, heck, we got pissed that night. <laughs> classic uh, classic season where you don't win too many games. Yep. It's really you really ce- that I've cele- really I, we, I reckon we celebrated that win harder than – I've never won a senior footy flag, unfortunately. Yeah, but neither. I reckon that is the hardest I've ever celebrated after a win in my <laughs> footy career. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not wasn't really a highlight player. I've kicked a few bags of five here and there, which I was. I'll take that. Happy with um, winning a couple C grade best and fairest was uh, that's nice. Good times. Um, almost captained a flag, but uh, lost with a kick after the siren by five points. So that was uh, pretty hard. Um, but uh, I think K's our under 15s premiership together yes, playing yes. for the New York Tigers. That's one of my footies. It's the only premiership. It's my only one. footy yeah, premiership team. Yeah. So playing that together, I think that's my um, my highlight. I think there, case. Nice, I like it. Uh, Wayne Gartner, pineapple on pizza. Specifically speaking, to Hawaiian only. 
Um, yeah, I like pineapple on pizza. As someone who eats a lot more vegetarian meals, a flexitarian, I guess you'd call it. I don't eat a lot of meat, but I still do eat some of it. Um, I like just throwing everything you possibly can on a pizza. And, uh, you know, when you go to the pizza shop, getting a vegetarian pizza, um, pineapple's always on it. So, yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, Hawaiian's one of was one of the... Hawaiian was my favourite pizza growing up. I loved Hawaiian, pa- uh, Hawaiian pizza. Every kid loves ham and pineapple. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, and I think from that, I, I do enjoy a little slice or two of pineapple on a Supreme or something like that. You know, at, um, what is it, the Aussie Pizza House, they have like a chicken Hawaiian. Yeah. And it's like white sauce, chicken and pineapple. And it sounds kind of weird, but it's really, really good. It is nice. Yeah, it's a good pizza. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Keeping on the uh, trend of uh, fast food. So, Matthew James uh, Schweitzer, he asks, uh, KFC or Maccas? Uh, simple one, KFC. Yeah, I'm um, KFC as well. We At our draft, we actually had KFC as an entree. Yeah, we did. <laughs> before we cooked the barbecue. And uh, I don't think I had KFC in about a year. So, I just forgot how good it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Zinger fan. I think if I had to have another burger, it would be a, a Whopper. I'm a big Whopper fan from Hungry Ducks. I'm not a massive uh, fan of Macca's burgers, but uh, I do frequent them a bit for, for breakfast goods every now and then. Yeah, right. Um, no, nah, look, I don't eat a lot of Macca's, but I, for me, for the KFC, original recipe chicken, there's just nothing better. I've been making my own fried chicken a bit as well, and it's. Uh, I reckon I've got it pretty close to the- you know, You've uh, got the secret herbs and spices. Well, I've got it pretty close, I reckon, yeah, and it's, it's not really that secret, I don't think, but yeah. A bit of paprika, a bit of onion, a bit of so garlic. So you're a brown-haired colonel. Pretty much, yeah. Not as not as grey, but no, mm. I haven't quite got it. It's a little bit different, but it's pretty good. It's pretty close. It's just a bit saltier than my liking, so I've just got to tweak it a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost there. You'll master it. Like yeah, it. I'll get there. And uh, last question of the night from uh, at Time Miller. What's the deal with all the kombucha anyway? <laughs> what is the deal with the kombucha? Uh, one of our fantastic listeners. Yeah, uh, works for the works Remedy. for Remedy Kombucha and just said, hey guys, do you want to... Drink a few kombuchas while you're doing a podcast. Yeah. And we said, why the hell not? We and will take uh, any free shit that anyone wants to send us. So, nah, but I actually really enjoy Remedy. And I think Remedy's pretty happy with the way we've kind of just got around the brand and the listeners are getting around the brand too. Um, it featured in the Draft Doctors, uh, Doss's film clip. And, uh, you know, there's always questions popping up and people are always paying us out for drinking kombucha instead of beer. But um, look, I think, that, yeah, like I said, Remedy are pretty happy with it. So, you know, who knows where it'll go. I'm a big fan of the ginger lemon. I do like that. It's not very sweet. It's yeah. probably my favorite. Passion fruit might be next these are my two if i'm holding up to the camera i I don't mind the tapache and i do really like the blood orange so so i mean have basically have completely opposite tastes but that works out well i don't don't hate the ginger it's just like i like ginger beer and it's kind of just not gingery enough for ginger beer it's like a little bit less gingery so that's why i just compare it to that when i drink it but anyway when you go to uh coles and woolies to stock up for the uh upcoming apocalypse make sure you grab some remedy kombucha if i could turn the camera around uh, you'd see a hoarding of (laughs) remedy kombucha over there there's five cartons so apologies to uh, it's very un-Australian to hoard things. So, and uh, you sent yeah. the uh, winners out some. I did. Kombucha. I did. So uh, yeah, the winners uh, for those I can't actually remember who they were. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, was uh, I can't actually remember. Um, but I uh, sent them on Monday. So uh, yeah, hopefully they've got them. If you have got them, uh, take a few photos, tag yeah. Remedy in it, and uh, send it. Send us through proof of yeah. proof of delivery. Yeah. Let's do it. We need to keep Australia Post on their, on their game. Exactly. All right. Uh, that's a wrap, Kays. Uh, so, we're going to probably have a week off because we have a lot of shit to sort out. As a teacher, I've got, um, yeah, i got to get ready to put everything online as well as kind of finish off my teaching for the term. And uh, Kays, you got a few things to sort out as well. So I do. Yep. So, uh, we'll have probably have a, at least one week off, maybe a couple more. I'm thinking about just dropping a few random things here and there, random conversations, random videos, random how-tos, tutorials that sort of stuff tips all that sort of stuff um i'll have a bit of time after the next fortnight i'll have some school holidays coming up probably should use those to actually get ready to 
you know, teach during the apocalypse, but no, I'll probably just do some fancy football stuff instead. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, get around us on our socials. Okay, you got something to say? Yeah, I was just looking at the socials. I've been a bit offline lately and yeah. you tweeted out, you were placed into lockdown with one of the Keeper League hosts. Which one do you choose? How many burner accounts do you have? How did you win 55% to 45%? Do you know what? I actually vote on that and I voted for you. So I'd rather be with you than just by myself. So, oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, but There's I'm only cool. 29 votes. So how many burner accounts? 28. No, I'm zero. I voted for my own account and I voted for you. Man, so. listeners must hate me. Oh, what is it? 40, 55, 45. Yeah. Pretty even split. People just want to know my um, data scraping stats and that's, that's probably you're actually that's a much, all it is. Yeah, you're yeah. actually a much better resource to yeah, be yeah. stuck with. Exactly. Whereas, you, know, you just yeah. have to listen to me talk about Jack Bowes for you yeah, know, 14 exactly. days straight. You know, they can pick my brains for a bit and learn a few things. But yeah, anyway. I don't know what I could teach anyone. Yeah. That's that's the truth. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, wrap it up. Uh, links are in the socials. Uh, get around us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you're keen to get around the membership and uh, um, give the podcast a bit of support, then uh, yeah, jump on that too. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll be back whenever. Uh, who knows? Sometime soon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. won't be too long, but uh, we'll be with you soon when we think of something to talk about. All right. See you later. Stay safe.